I'm Angeline Ong and welcome to IG's Trading the Markets. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, Mark Oswald, Chief Economist and Global Strategist at ADM ISI. Now, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Mark. I know you just come back from uh, the Middle East. Uh, give us a sense of uh, what is the feeling on the ground there. And uh, certainly we're seeing oil prices spike. Do you see this uh, continuing, uh, at least for the energy markets for now? Um, I think there's probably in the Middle East rather more concern about uh, the impact on gas prices than oil prices. Ultimately, we've got demand is globally relatively weak uh, for for oil. And uh, there is the prospect of um, increased supply from Venezuela and the fact that Saudi Arabia can certainly turn on the taps. Uh, nevertheless, there's sort of two 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 bit two moods on the ground at the moment. The demand side, um, you know, most people actually basically believe that uh, Saudi will probably go into next year still keeping those production cuts, barring a very sharp move above. It would have to be above one hundred dollars um, for them to start increasing supply again. Um, <clears throat> but in terms of uh, the, the mood on the ground geopolitically, um, they had been hoping uh, with the rapprochement between Saudi Arabia and Iran and then, you know, the moves to try and find a, a, a better way of coexisting with Israel, uh, that things were going to improve. Now, that's all gone out the window. And the concern is, you know, what will Iran do in this particular circumstance and what will Israel, you know, uh, consider in terms of moves not only against Gaza and Hamas, but also against uh, Iran, potentially, if it also decides to intervene. And so the mood is very, very uncertain, but it's the general feeling is it is supportive for um, hydrocarbon prices without a shadow of a doubt. Are we seeing, uh, Mark, uh, as you have been speaking to so many people there, that um, this potentially might rumble on for a bit and then, you know, quieten down into sort of simmering tensions? Or are we at the cusp of a real change in the dynamics there? I mean, Jordan has cancelled the summit it was uh, due to host with uh, Biden and the uh, Egyptian and Palestinian leaders. Um, you know, we've just seen uh, recent uh, bombings and that blast the hospital. Are we going to see things much worse before they get better? Um, the risk is certainly viewed as potentially getting a lot worse. Um, the idea that things will simmer down in in short order, certainly before uh, the end of this this year, it seems very, very unlikely. Um, and it's really you know, the fear is that someone takes very precipitous actions, which escalates things into something a lot worse. Um, and that risk is very, very real. Um, the very fact that uh, the Jordanian king has, has decided to kill uh, to um, <clears throat> cancel the summit um, with Biden um, is significant insofar as basically, you know, what what hope um, is there of the US trying to mend the fences that, you know, uh, the fences that have been broken and that, you know, quieten down the tensions that are there. Now, I've also spent a lot of time covering the DSEI uh, and many energy-related summits in the Middle East. Um, you just come back from there. Uh, do you get a sense that perhaps the save the world, let's, um, you know, let's start rolling back on uh, 
hydrocarbons and you know put more money into green energy is that kind of put on the shelf for now um no i mean i i actually am always surprised by how little attention is being paid uh particularly in europe and north america by the fact that there are huge moves being made to um towards renewables in particularly in the gcc region but nevertheless, as the OPEC um, World All Oil Outlook, or WOO, as they like to call it, um, <clears throat> stated last week, they've upped their expectations for hydrocarbon de- for oil demand to 116 million barrels. That's an increase of 6 million versus last year for 2045, which runs very much counter to all the thinking elsewhere. And there is a good reason for it. Well, the, the reasons are twofold. First of all, Uh, As far as they're concerned, yes, you know, we want to move to renewables, but renewables aren't competitive. And it doesn't seem that they're going to be competitive, certainly not on a scale, i.e., you know, so that we can basically start getting power consumption down from the current 82 percent mix of uh, hydrocarbons uh, to, say, 50 anytime soon. The technology in some cases isn't there. Um, and they basically also look over at Asia and see the demand, particularly for both uh, crude and for a refined product out of Asia, uh, despite the weakness uh, of uh, the Chinese economy thus far this year, and say, you know what, you know, this is oil's going to be around for a lot longer than people are expecting, um, <clears throat> and barring a seismic change in technology and particularly a lot more investment, um, not only in renewables, but also in hydrocarbons. The risk is basically we end up with a horrible squeeze because the demand is going to be there. And yet the upstream investment hasn't been there for quite some time, not since we had the big um, crash uh, in oil prices in 2014, 2015. So they're, they're basically looking at what's being said in Europe much less so what's being said in the US, uh, but in Europe in terms of moving to renewables as not being credible simply because the investment in renewables isn't there and because Europe also isn't investing in hydrocarbons either. So that at some point they feel like they're going to be facing a rather nasty shortfall, uh, which could actually damage their economies and obviously would be very inflationary. Now, Mark, amid this uh, transition and potential squeeze, as you rightly say, and also the uncertainty coming out of the Middle East, uh, which has uh, affected uh, energy prices, there's now this concern in the markets that that's going to feed into inflation again and start supporting inflation, putting that upward pressure up again. Uh, In fact, the Bank of England's uh, potentially uh, going to raise interest rates uh, again. Of course, the US uh, has already sounded that. The Fed's already flagged that. Uh, do you think that uh, higher rates for longer is now more of a certainty? Um, high rates for longer, definitely. Higher from where we are, I have my doubts. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that the simple point is this. We've already had in the US 500 basis points of rate hikes in the Eurozone and in the UK. Um Doing another 25 or 50 basis points is not really going to make much difference to inflation or wage negotiations, um, but it could well tighten cr- con- uh, credit conditions very substantially and do a lot more damage to uh, economies 
and particularly as we're coming up to a refinancing wave in credit markets. So um, high for longer, meaning you know, the idea of a rate cut before the second half of, of 2024, barring um, a, a more marked downturn, because what, what we're looking at in Europe, as much as the, the, the growth outlook isn't good, and we probably will be in reception, recession in Europe in the second half of the, the this year, is still something which is quite shallow not something which requires central banks to react by starting to reverse some of what they've done. Um, <clears throat> so the the big difficulty for the central banks right now, I think, is if we see a, a, a sustained spike in energy prices, i.e. Not a, not a spike, but a sustained move higher in energy prices, um, is it obviously spills over. The evidence on the ground, though, is starting to show that as much as in 21 and 22, when those energy price increases happened, there was a considerable corporate ability to pass those increased costs on to customers, be they business customers or consumers, that is proving to be far more difficult. So the, the impact then on earnings is, is going to be quite significant because basically it means margins will be that much more impaired. So it's not quite the same sort of situation. And obviously central banks will not will be hoping that any spike in energy prices is transitory, but they won't be able to use the transitory narrative because obviously none of them looked particularly clever when they were using it before. Right. Thank you very much, uh, Mark Oswald, the Chief Economist and Global Strategist at ADM Investor Services International, talking about the energy landscape and also the uh, interest rate uh, mix uh, amid all of that. Uh, this is IG's Trading the Markets.